what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Foot Candle Films. Film news and reviews from two guys who really like movies. This episode is brought to you by the Foot Candle Film Society. For a schedule of upcoming screenings and membership information, visit the Society's website at www.footcandle.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Foot Candle Films here on TheMesh.TV. I am Alan, and this is Chris, cross from me. Hello, podcast listeners. Chris, man, love your t-shirt. I have not seen that yet. Chris is wearing a very, very cool Star Wars Millennium Falcon uh, schematic type of t-shirt, and it's very, very nice. I like it. It was a birthday gift for my kids. Okay. that's Hey, you got awesome kids. Very, (laughs) very cool. Uh, Probably not any big Star Wars news today on our show, but I'll tell you what we do have is another childhood favorite franchise that we're going to talk Ah. about a little bit, and that would be The Muppets, as we do a review of Muppets Most Wanted. Indeed. Uh, We're going to follow that up with a discussion and review on the film Grand Piano, which I'm subtitling Hobbit plays a piano is basically what I'm looking at it because it's Elijah Wood <laughs> starring Elijah in a Wood. thriller. <laughs> He's forever typecast as the Frodo the Hobbit. So uh, we're going to talk about those two films and then we're going to talk about a little bit of movie news, some industry news and things happening. And we're going to end up the show just like we always do, giving our recommendation of a film we think you ought to check out, something that's available online that you can find or get pretty easy access to. That's going to be our show today, Foot Candle Films. Sound like a good plan to you, Chris? Sounds good. Let's get started then. We're going to jump right into our first movie review, which is Muppets Most Wanted. The world's greatest criminal has stolen the greatest treasures, escaped the greatest prisons, and he bears a strong resemblance to someone you know. It's not easy being mean. It's Constantine, the world's most dangerous frog. Check this out. Ah. Oh, look, it's Kermit. Ah. Ah. What did you do with Kermit? So, Alan. Yes. They're doing a sequel. (laughs) They're back by popular demand. Come on, everybody, strike up the band. They're doing a sequel. That's what they do in Hollywood. And everybody knows the sequel's never quite as good. Okay. Yes, I probably wasn't on key, but I didn't have any music backing me up. Well, that's your excuse. So, yeah, that'll be my excuse anyway. (laughs) So, Alan, the sequel. Yes. There is a song starting off that is, we're doing a sequel in yes. the movie, and they have that line, the sequel's never quite as good. Mm-hmm. So, Alan, what was yep. your opinion on the sequel, Muppets Most Wanted? Uh, you know what? I think I might have liked this one just a tad bit better than really? the original one. Yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I mean, the whole reboot of the Muppets, I guess you could call it from a few years ago, the Jason Siegel, and, mm-hmm. uh, and then the you had um, Brett... What's his last McKenzie. name? McKenzie. Brett McKenzie from Flight of the Concords, musician, and he composed most of the songs. Yes. I felt, you know, even though I really liked the first, the the, the previous one, and I know you were a huge fan of it. I, it was, um, I think it may have been, I'll have to get with the intern, but my year. favorite of the year. Or favorite. And I really enjoyed it, but I also felt it was just a little tiny bit off tonal-wise in that I just felt like it was too much, oh, let's remember the Muppets, too much, too much baking the nostalgia. Hmm. And not enough just having a fun time. Okay. Now, we'll say with this movie, this is this movie's all about the fun time. It's There's really very little 
oh, let's think back to who the Muppets are and why they're so <laughs> important to our childhood and blah, blah, blah. There's none sure. of that. This is all hijinks, madcap stuff going on. I had a really fun time with it. I enjoyed it. I guess I'd say I enjoyed it differently than the, the, the previous movie. Maybe not gotcha. more, just in a different way. Different way, sure. I found myself laughing a lot, enjoying a lot of the little in-jokes, a lot of the cameos. I thought it had a story, it had a plot, it was fun. I enjoyed the movie a lot. I really did have a good fun time with it. How about you? I'm curious to hear your thoughts because I know you were such a big fan of the first um, one. Yeah, I was a huge fan of the first one. Mm-hmm. So like the song kind of hints, you know, the sequel is never quite as good. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel about really? it. Not yeah. to say that it's a bad movie. If I had to actually pin down my major hang up on the movie, I basically say that the songs didn't hit me like the songs from the first movie did. And that first movie was basically a musical with Muppet comedy thrown in. And this had a lot of songs too. And the songs just didn't stick with me. I'll, I'll give you that much. I do think other than we're doing a sequel, which was the very first number. So there, I'll tell you for the first Muppet movie, there were two songs that were awesome songs. That was the opening song. Yes. Everything is perfect. Yeah. Right. And Mm -hmm. then the manor Muppet. Yes, perfect, agreed. perfect Muppet song. Right there with you. All the rest of them were eh, not so good for me. Hmm. This one, you don't have a standout song. There's not a song that I'm walking out of there humming. But overall, I think the overall baseline quality, average quality, was a little bit better for me of the songs. I enjoyed every song in this movie, even though none of them were absolute just favorites. I'm going to be humming on my way out of the well, theater. And they were still done by Brett McKenzie. They were. Which, actually, when the movie was going for a while, I thought, like, huh, I wonder if it's because the songs are not being done by Brett McKenzie. And maybe that's why I'm not appreciating. Mm. But as it turns out, they, they were. were done. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's not it. I think it just, yeah, the, the standout songs in the first movie were really good for me. And then the songs that maybe weren't standout, but I thought they were really clever, such as the Barbershop Quartet of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm-hmm. There was not a moment like that in this movie that I really thought, wow, that is genius. They also did the, chicken singing forget you or the other title that we won't mention on air and there there was like the cleverness wasn't there the songs were still well constructed and they moved but just something about the freshness and the cleverness just didn't i don't, I don't know but, see because i really enjoyed the uh uh is it constantine was that the bad frog's yes, name yes constantine and the number two song Evil Kermit. Uh, yeah that song i thought was fun i thought the song uh uh I thought all the sequences in the gulag of the prisoners putting on a stage performance, I really had a fun time with. I mean, they luckily they didn't dwell too long on those. They were pretty quick moments. But them doing uh, some of the uh, songs and doing a cabaret performance, I right. thought were really, really fun they and did creative. And thing from all that jazz or yep, whatever that, that's I right. hope I get it or whatever. Yep. I thought those were just funny enough touches that really kind of kept the music a little more diversified this time. Okay. I enjoyed that. So, yeah. I think one of the things that I'm surprised that you kind of maybe didn't mention it because you have this fear with movies, often sequels, Mm -hmm. specifically with comic book movies, they increase the number of bad guys. too much. Increase the number of bad guys. In this movie, we have Ricky Gervais playing Dominic Badgy, not bad guy. Don't mm-hmm. don't confuse that. Which I really liked him. Thought he yeah. did a good job. He so fine. he's one bad guy, mm-hmm. but he is number two. Yes. Number one would be Constantine, the evil mm-hmm. Kermit the Frog. Constantine, space bar, space, space bar, space, space bar, bar, and then yes. your name. <laughs> Which I liked that joke. Um, so yes, there's, and then there's also the Tina Fey character who plays the runner of the Gulag. 
And I thought she, it was like one too many bad guys. So I thought it was kind of suffering from that sequel bad guy dilution problem. Well, see, I actually often- felt like this was a little more st- simplified than the first movie was. Cause I know in the first movie we had the, uh, what was the guy's name? The actress name, Chris Cooper, Chris Cooper as the bad guy, but then he had his three or four henchmen and they were all involved in different things. Mm. And it got a little muddied. I thought at times, even late in the film, this one, you've got your one and two bad guys and that's it. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward plot. Well, Tina Fey, Tina, kind of a ah, she's not a bad guy. <laughs> that was like a subplot that got kind of just went on different paths and sure. You know, I don't think she's really a bad bad guy in the movie sense. So, I I, I it was a fun, silly movie. Had a lot of good humor for both kids and adults. My kids enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a more it was more in line of the Muppet Show type entertainment that I was mm-hmm. used to with the TV show. Got gotcha. you. Where the previous movie I think had a lot more cleverness going forward and a lot more meta stuff happening with it, right. which was fun. Right. I'm glad they didn't do a whole nother meta movie. Oh man. No, I <laughs> can't think, get I enough think, of the meta. Well, but I think you had that <laughs> one can... meta movie where you kind of comment on the fact of where the Muppets are in society. Mm-hmm. This movie, I'm glad they didn't go that route. It's just, let's just have a fun adventure. Let's just do something fun. And the fact that it picks up like right the second the previous movie that. ended was really cool. I like that. Um, Kermit was more of Kermit the Frog in this movie to me, too. I had a little bit of a hang-ups with his, per, his personality hmm. in the first movie. I can he was see almost that. down and sad and just he was very depressing. morose. Yeah. In this movie, he's more of the typical Kermit that we're used to seeing. So I enjoyed that, too. I, I could, Yeah, I can see that. I, I know it was in the original show, and I know that it was in the original Muppet movies. I am so done with Piggy and Kermit. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah, getting married, maybe not getting married. Like. I don't Every care. movie seems to have that as a sub point and I'm kind of done, I'm, with, I'm it done too. with it. And I think this movie could have easily done without it. She could have been interested yeah. in Kermit, but the fact that the whole game, like that doesn't matter. There, there is a whole subplot of, are they going to get married or not? And a whole big NP scene takes place in a church at a wedding and that it's been done too much. I agree yeah. with you. It was a, it was a focal point of the last movie, a discussion that was held there about what happened to the two of them. Muppets take Manhattan ended with a big, uh, marriage ceremony at the end. I mean, it's just a constant thing and I'm, I'm with you and it's kind of, it's kind of played out. I will say you were talking about the story yeah, and I did appreciate the actual story of this movie better than I did appreciate the original story in the Muppets okay. movie. I mm-hmm. like that movie better, but it was basically kind of a, Oh, let's get everybody back together. And it just seemed very familiar yet. I still liked the movie. Yeah. But you kind of knew where it was going. This one had kind of a adventure Indiana adventure, Jones yeah. style thing where they were trying to get different pieces to come together to be able to do a heist, and it made mm-hmm. it it made it exciting and fun the way they would yeah. kind of change that up. So I liked that better. Let me rephrase my my overall assessment on this. I really enjoyed this movie. I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed it in a different way than I enjoyed the last Muppet movie. Gotcha. But I enjoyed them probably a pretty close to equally, just in different ways. The first movie was a much more nostalgia and it was kind of a fun comment on them themselves and a lot of meta stuff going on and cleverness and all that. This one was just fun entertainment, silly Muppet stuff. And it was, it was great. It was good. And I think, I think where I differ on the, the movies are as far as like weighing them against each other. The first movie, the meta moments I liked and I found funny. And in this movie, there are a couple, but some of the humor to me was not as clever and therefore was more kind of dumbed down and redundant. Hmm. Specifically, I'm thinking of two different instances. Well, one, there's several instances of, but the first instance 
was the uh, there's a sequence on a train where a conductor gets hit like three different times in the face. Oh, and I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, like, it's kind of very like a Three Stooges type joke. The other thing was how much I felt like they relied on mocking the French with Ty Burrell's character who uh-huh. plays an Interpol inspector. Like, okay, I get it once, I get it twice, but it was like they kept relying on that. For comedy, I'm just like, okay, yes, I get it. You're taking that French stereotype mm. and making a joke about it. And I just, hmm. I wanted something a little bit more clever. Not, you okay. know, some of them worked and some of them were funny, but I was just kind of like, yeah. eh, didn't work yeah. as well. So Overall, I think uh, we're both saying good film, enjoyable film. You're saying maybe not as much as the previous one. I'm saying like the previous one, just on a different level. Gotcha. And uh, so we're, we're good with that. I think uh, we're both able to recommend it. And uh, say it's definitely worth checking out. If you at all enjoyed the previous movie, you should go see this one. You're going to have oh, yeah. a good time with it. It may not be exactly your cup of tea if you like the first one, but I think you'll find enough there to really kind of have a good time at the movie theater. Is that safe to say, Chris? Oh, yeah. It's worth seeing. It just not quite as good as the first one, but still worth seeing. All right. Easy enough. So that's The Muppets Most Wanted. I believe I still should be out in movie theaters. Didn't perform as well box office-wise, just for those who like to kind of keep tabs on that like I do. Uh, didn't do as well. Didn't do Definitely did not do as well as the first one. That could be a little bit of a red mark for future Muppet movies. I hope not, because they're, they're fun to have every couple years. I'd like, so. I'd like to see him do another one. I think yeah. it'd be a shame not to, because there's it, still plenty of material. It definitely still needs to be with the same creative team. It doesn't oh. need to start handing off to some random directors and writers and just letting it become a very cup, you know, uh, paint-by-numbers type of Muppet movie. And this one still had plenty of cameos in it, which, oh, yeah. you know, of course, are always fun to pick out who's who. I thought it was interesting that Brett McKenzie was one of the Fly of the Concords guys, his fellow um, actor, I guess, yeah. uh, Jermaine Clement, was actually in it, in the yes. gulag. And I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. He's in it. And, of course, I liked his part. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that both of them had been in there together at some point. But maybe that's that for the third cool movie. would have been cool for people like us. Probably <laughs> right. would not mean, not anything, mean anything to anybody <laughs> else. Yeah, and I thought uh, <laughs> Christoph Waltz on stage doing a waltz I thought was just dumb enough to be funny. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, the Penelope Cruz running from the bulls, yeah. I also like oh, that. Well, that was well. Uh, Sama Hayek. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so you, watch out. Penelope's going to come get me. <laughs> don't want to get there. Don't, don't get their PR people on your case now. That's true. So. That's true. Well, I, thought I liked that, that, uh, that clever yeah, use of that. It's cool. All right. So that's Muppets Most Wanted. Let's move on to a completely different type of movie as we talk about our second film, which is the Elijah Wood starring thriller mystery type of movie. It's called Grand Piano. Get back on stage. So, Chris, with Grand Piano, this is the film starring Elijah Wood. He of Hobbit fame and, of course, a child actor that we've followed for many, many years. He's obviously been doing a lot more interesting, more adult roles in recent years. Right. Um, We have a film that honestly was one I had not read or heard much anything about. I just noticed it had gotten a little bit of buzz on some online websites. And uh, is available now for streaming. I think it went pretty quick to online streaming. So a lot of independent films that 
maybe don't have the big attraction of a of a of a theater distribution can go now straight to online Amazon and iTunes and so forth right. to go get a little uh, a little attention. So I thought it was interesting when you read the description. It sounds like a very interesting thriller concept where you basically have Elijah Wood playing a concert pianist, very world renowned, but who's been away from the stage for several years based off of some sort of mental breakdown kind of freak out, you know, during one of his performances where he could not finish a certain piece and he just kind of buried him emotionally. And he has not been back onto the stage in a while. He comes to a comeback concert. It's very highly touted. It's got a big crowd in the audience. And as he sits at the piano and starts to play, he realizes there are notes in his sheet music that's been given to him, basically letting him know that if he stops playing or in any way uh, tips off what's going on, that either he and or his wife will be murdered. Mm-hmm. And enough of a hints are given to him with seeing the uh, the scope the little red dot, you know, that we always see in the big thriller movies, the little sure. red dot on your body, knowing that there's a gun pointing at you. Uh, he sees enough things to convince him that, yes, this is true. So the movie plays out as a little bit of a cat and mouse thing between him on stage trying to put on a concert with a sniper basically ready to pick off him or his wife at any given moment. Yes. That's the way I just described it. I could see this being a perfect Alfred Hitchcock, Absolutely. Brian De Palma type of thriller movie. High high concept, kind of a speed meets phone booth meets <laughs> something else with all that. Sure. And, uh, you know, so it, on paper, sounds pretty interesting. The trailer makes it look like a very heightened thriller. My question to you is, does this come anywhere close to Brian De Palma, Alfred Hitchcock level of thrills and excitement? Or are we, uh, are we in completely different ballparks here? I mean, I... I it definitely is ascribing to try to do that. You know, it, it's trying to do that and it succeeds to some degree, but um, basically the third act kind of falls apart and it kind of mm. goes off the rails for me. But until then, until that final third of the movie, it does the amount of suspense they're able to build up and the antagonistic relationship between the pianist and the sniper I thought was pretty well done. Okay. Um, so I did enjoy that. Mentioning Hitchcock, something that struck me about this movie as well, there was a lot of interesting camera work, a lot mm-hmm. of fluid, steady shots, and then there's kind of a trick shot that happens at one point where it's kind of, it's hard to explain, but it's almost like a split screen type well, thing. Well, it, it evolves. You don't think it's going to be a split screen. Right. You see the concert from the balcony. You see the concert going on, and you see the hallway on the balcony. Yes. You think they're connected, but then you actually find out they're split as you're zooming into the concert hall, and you're still down the hallway with it. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. And I thought that was really, really well mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting wasn't expecting that. So there are several aspects of it I admire. It was just that f- the final third of it kind of fell apart for me. I'm I'm almost echoing you, although I'm going to probably come out a little more positive on this than you are. Okay. The third act, I think with any kind of high concept thriller like this, is generally the weakest part of the movie. Even a movie like Speed, which I do believe. <laughs> I'm going to bring out the Keanu Reeves movie here. Okay, I'm okay. going this Well, I'm interesting this that way. you do bring up Keanu yeah. Reeves. Okay. Because you know this movie could be subtitled The Return of Alex Winter. Who was uh, Bill in oh, Bill and Ted's right. Excellent Adventure? That's right. Alex Winter does play a, a supporting role in this yeah. film. Who was 
Bill in Bill and Ted. Correct. Right. Well, okay, so looking at a movie like Speed, which mm-hmm. was another high-concept thriller. The bus You're on a bus stop. and you can't slow down. It has <laughs> right. to keep going fast. Right. I love that movie when okay. it came out because I like really well-done thrillers. I don't like your run-of-the-mill thrillers. I like them to be very, very well-made. And that one, I think, had the right components. It fell apart in the, the final third as well. It completely got away from its concept and it became just a – Chase movie and a bunch of action scenes and whatever. Okay. This one, you're right, had a little bit of that too. I'm thinking primarily the ending fight sequence. I'm not going to give away too much, but up, up in, in the, the Raptors. Raptors. Yes. 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 That yes. was You've nailed ridiculous. It. <laughs> um, You've nailed it. But it was a five to ten minute portion of the movie. I didn't like it. I wish it had been done a little more cleverly, a little more interesting, this final confrontation between these two characters. But... So be it. Overall, though, it wasn't enough for me to not say I enjoyed the movie. Oh, right. I did enjoy the movie. Sure, I sure. thought it was a fun time. I thought cinematography was really well done for a thriller movie. And the fact is, it was the blending of the classical arts and some interesting, well-done music and the performances into a thriller format I thought was something I hadn't seen done before. Well, and I, I will say that there, you know, Elijah Wood is in this and... There's another big name actor in it as well. Yes. I don't know if we should mention it or not. No, no. we might as well okay, not. Okay, so we won't. But, you know, I feel like this was a smaller budget picture. Yes. So, you know, a lot of money was probably just spent on getting those two names. Sure. I would and agree. then after that, you know, some of the cinematography, that's where they spent their money. So, you know, I admire it for that. And, of, you know, I typically don't go in for thrillers, but, you know, this was a pretty well-made one except for that final. Yeah, the final third was little, weak. Little I'll portion. give you that. And I'll say that something I appreciated too was, which is very Hitchcock referential, there's kind of a MacGuffin in that why is the sniper doing this? Yeah. And, you know, the MacGuffin in Hitchcock terms is usually like something that you think is really important, but in the end isn't important at all. It's just yeah. something that kind of keeps the movie rolling. So in this one, it's the motivation behind why the sniper is torturing this dude, this yeah. pianist. And in the end, they do actually do reveal kind of, okay, this is kind of what was going on. But it's movies much more interested in examining fame and actually examining failure yeah, yeah. in fame. Not just fame, like, oh, being famous is a drag, but like what happens when you are an absolute failure? Yeah. And that, and that to me is more interesting. And I was glad that the movie decided to focus more on that well and and i thought there was two moments i thought were really nicely done in the film that are just kind of gave it an extra little elevation touch that you know beyond just a typical run-of-the-mill thriller straight to dvd type thriller movie one is you commented on it about the whole fame and failure Mm -hmm. uh there's a scene in the movie i'm gonna try to dance around not giving away specifics but sure it goes into a scene where he has to our main character leaves the stage is instructed to leave the stage, has to go look up something on a tablet computer thing. And as he does a Google search for this thing he's looking for, one of the top headlines that comes up is all about him as a failure. As a failure. And it's really like, there's that little moment of stopping as he's just like, <sighs> you know, it's like he sees that. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. In the midst of all this drama and things that are going on and danger happening, he's still reminded. I am you a screwed failure. up. You failed you know, yeah. type of thing. So I thought that was a nice little touch. There was one, and I don't know, you may have groaned at this, but I thought it was kind of cool. Hmm. At the very, very end of the film, the last little scene, we're talking about inside in a the truck, moving truck. In the moving truck, where he goes in and you hear this noise 
that sounds a lot like applause and clapping and people turns out to be just raindrops hitting the top of the truck. But it was very intentionally done mm-hmm. to make you think he kind of has this moment of he gets to be a virtuoso com- performer. He even does it with the cape off and the rain's hitting the top of the truck. And it's just, it was a nicely done artistic touch to something that, again, some of these thriller movies wouldn't go that extra mile for. Well, and I appreciate the touch. I I didn't actually, it didn't click with me about the rain and the Mm -hmm. applause, but I can totally see that. That performance yields a certain result. Mm -hmm. And the way they cut away from that result I appreciated it was very and it could have been exploited and kind of run into the ground, but it it ended where it needed to, I guess, to put that without spoiling anything. Well, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on record saying I I did enjoy the film. I am recommending people that like thrillers and like Hitchcock movies and those kind of films. You'll enjoy this. I think there's enough there to keep your attention. Yes. The the last ending sequence is a groaner. It is. Uh, there's one really, really, really bad pun as far as right after the final confrontation, something that plays back to a line that you heard a ridiculous amount of times in the first half of the movie. And like, <laughs> they're telegraphing that something's going to happen with that throwaway line that everybody keeps saying. And sure enough, they did exactly what was predicted would happen. It's a little on the corny side, <laughs> but you know what? It was a fun movie. I had a good time with it. I'm still recommending it. So. I'll say um, something that could have been excised from the movie that would have helped it for me. There were some friends that were tag along friends of the pianist and his wife, who's also a famous movie actress in Mm -hmm. this. So it would matter if she got assassinated, not that it wouldn't matter if your wife got assassinated, but specifically she was also famous, was also in attendance that provides tension Mm -hmm. in the movie. But the tag along friends to me were just very stereotypical and like cartoonish. Oh, they were caricatures. Sure. And so yeah. it kind of took me out of the movie a little bit because it was like they were from a different movie. Yeah. You know, and that kind of, if they would have just been a little bit, I don't know, more finely. Well, based on reality, out. not, I mean, she was a complete over the top harpy. It was like she crazy, was from Clueless. Right. She was from a Clu- yes. the Clueless movies. And Her he was like that the bad. dim-witted kind of, you know, right. slow to the take kind of guy. And, but I guess and, he didn't bother me as bad as she did because yeah, she was so strident. She was, strident she was pretty in, annoying. In I'll give her, I'll give you that. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm glad, glad she, how things wrapped up. For I was going to say, I was glad she disappeared <laughs> about halfway through the film. Uh, we're not going to tell you why. So anyway, uh, so that's the film Grand Piano. Was there anything else? I was going to say I did in, you know, after I finished the movie, it did. I was interested enough to see who had directed it and yeah. who had written it. Um, so this is the first thing I'd ever seen by the director, who is Eugene O'Meara. Mm-hmm. Never seen anything by him before. I think he's, he's only done, done a couple other directorial things and a little bit more in the horror genre, genre right? And I think they were also um, from Spain. I think he's a Spanish yes. director. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why I hadn't seen anything by him. The writer has just written um, a movie called Whiplash, which came out at Sundance, which has done apparently really well. Hasn't been released officially here in the States yet, but it has Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. Interestingly, also music-themed. About a drummer. It's about a drummer who's trying to become a professional, and he has a really hard teacher, J.K. Simmons. So it's interesting that the writer once again chose to have basically a two-person dynamic working Mm. off, of working again in that movie. So... I'm interested to th- see that movie, and I have an idea. I'm going to like it better than Grand Piano. Well, it definitely so got we'll a see. lot more rave reviews from Sundance and all. Um, also, the director uh, of, of note, he's also a composer. Okay. So there you go, too. 
kind of taking a writer who seems to be fascinated with music with a director that also has done some composing for films and other things. Well, then this is a good mixture film for them to work on together. So, Sounds like uh, it. yeah, I, I think it's worth checking out. It's good. It's not perfect, not great, but it's a good, good fun time at the movies. 90 minute movie, nice and brief. Doesn't waste a whole lot of time. Uh, I enjoyed it. Good. I did too. All right. We're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we're going to hit some quick movie news and give our online recommendations of films you ought to check out. So you're listening to Foot Candle Films here on TheMesh.TV. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Hello and welcome back to Foot Candle Films here on themesh.tv. Before we get back into the show, just a quick reminder, you are listening to The Mesh Network, which you can find on themesh.tv. So let's say, Chris, the crazy weather we've been having around here lately. Let's just say it's early April and it starts snowing outside, which would not surprise me anymore at this point. Not in the least. So you get snowed in. What are you going to do all weekend? I'm going to do nothing but listen to back episodes of the podcast. You can go back in time, like a time machine, all the way back to when we started the show and download and listen to every single episode. That is fun for the whole family. I mean, board games, who needs board games? Right. Download podcast episodes and make your family listen to old movie reviews. (laughs) Right. How perfect is that? How fun would that be? Yeah, exactly. That's what you ought to be doing. So that's <laughs> what we recommend you do. You go to themesh.tv. You can listen to all the episodes and shows. And then we got other shows on the network, too. It's not just us, although, you know, we like, we like you listening to our episodes. But we got other shows, too, business shows, education shows, music, technology, sports, everything in between. So uh, just go and check out the shows and give it a listen and give us some feedback. Let us know what you like. You can listen, uh, write us a note at info at themesh.tv. There's also a contact us form right on the website that you can use to listen to us, uh, to contact us as well. So, Chris, with that, let's go into a couple quick movie news items. Okay. I told you at the beginning that we weren't going to talk about Star Wars. Right. And we I'm do still have... going to stick to that. Okay. We do have a date for it there, right? December 20th, uh, December 2017. Oh, 2017. Oh, I yeah. thought it was 2015. Oh, no, no, no. It's not ready. Oh, no, no. Yeah, you're right. 15. It's episode okay. 7, 2015. Okay, don't Sorry, scare me I like got the that. numbers. Got the numbers mixed up. <laughs> so 2015. You're like, we're a year and a half away. Right. Or almost okay. two years away. No, I'm not going to go the Star Wars route this time. Okay. Let's talk about one that's just as near and dear to my heart, though, Indiana Jones. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, here's the deal. Really? Okay. They didn't just put the nails in the coffin and <laughs> oh, put that No, no, away. no, no, no. Yeah. Here's a little background story. So, you have the original trilogy that I still worship, The Granite Lies On. Sure. Then you've got the fourth movie, The Abomination, that came out a few years Which ago. Not that exist. great. Right. Um, had a few good moments, but most of, the, most of it was not that great. No. So, it kind of left the movie hanging, wondering if the, the buff... Shia Buff was <laughs> oh, going wow. to be Indiana Jones. Well, right. fear not, he will not. Well, I somehow gathered that he probably wouldn't since he's kind of gone off the deep end. Lately. Yeah, but here's wow. the deal is that Disney now owns Indiana Jones. They bought it at the same time Mickey they, they got Mouse Star Mickey Mouse is going to be Indiana Jones. Exactly. Awesome. Pluto, actually, is oh, what they're targeting okay. right now. That's um, they are planning on doing another Indiana Jones movie. Okay. There's a big question mark right now, though, about will it be a fifth one with, Indiana, with uh, Harrison Ford? 
And if so, it'll probably be his last one. Because he's, I mean, the guy's, he's I'm pretty, not trying to be an ageist here, but he's, well, he's no. 72. And Indiana Jones movies kind of require a little bit of physicality, yeah. usually, typically. Right. So. so the question is whether it's he rounds out with a fifth one or if they reboot it and turn it into more of a James Bond type of thing where a different actor every few years hmm. can be chosen to play Indiana Jones. Okay. What do you think? What should they do? <laughs> you are the film producer. What do we do, Chris? You know, I would an Indiana Jones movie without Harrison Ford would be kind of bizarre to me. But mm-hmm. um, I actually think it'd be really funny if they tried to have Shia LaBeouf do another movie oh, with Harrison Ford. You're a, you're a sadistic know. little man. I am. I am. Because <laughs> um, I actually think there's something to the guy, even though he's kind of bizarre and he's been in those Transformer movies. Um, I just want him swinging in the jungle like a monkey, like he did in the last <laughs> movie. That was that would be awesome. horrible. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do. I think who writes it would be a pretty interesting thing. Well, to okay, good. Glad you asked because there are rumors J. J. floating Abrams? around. Nope. There were rumors that Frank Darabont, Shawshank Redemption, the green mile, the yeah. walking dead. He was the executive showrunner for that for the first season. Uh, there was rumors that he was, had turned in a script hmm. called Indiana Jones in the city of the gods that uh, Lucas rejected and instead went with Crystal Skull. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Good job, Lucas. Another wonderful decision. Uh, so supposedly huh. that his name's been in the running as being somebody that could either direct or just write the script for a new one, which I would be in favor of. He's a good, he seems like a pretty high quality guy. Yeah. And do you want to know a name that's been batted around as an actor if they went the route of replacing and rebooting with a new character, with a new person? Robert Downey Jr. No. Uh, Think of somebody who was in a big movie that was nominated for a whole bunch of Oscars oh. uh, just recently. Not had to do a, It was a costume period piece. Got a funky hairdo he had to do. Christian Bale? No. Same movie, though. Oh, the other dude. Yeah, the other Hawkeye? dude. Hawkeye? No. No, not Hawkeye. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Oh, whoa. Okay, I was thinking, uh, who's the Jeremy Renner? But, yeah, um, Bradley Cooper. He's been supposedly mentioned as kind of a front runner if they're going to go the whole replacement route. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it could, could work. Be. Anything's possible. I, I like the idea of doing more Indiana Jones movies. And I'm the kind of guy that feels like you can reboot a franchise all you want. It doesn't destroy the original movies. No, no. no. So, you know, we still got the first three movies. Even the fourth Indiana Jones has not ruined the original trilogy for me. That's pretty amazing. That it came made. close, but it did not ruin them. <laughs> right. So I'm okay if you say, you know, let's just like James Bond. Let's just start a whole other person, a whole other trilogy at some point down the road. Perfectly fine by me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to run out to see it, but if I hear it's good after having what happened with the Crystal Skulls happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to see what happens with it, I guess. And let's go also back to another franchise. I guess you could call it a franchise. There were two movies. Yeah. That's kind of a franchise, but it was based sure. off of toys and cartoons and all that. Okay. Were you a teenage mutant ninja turtle fan at all or did that just completely pass you by because it was beyond it was younger than me okay i was already kind of past that age when these became popular i mean i watched the cartoon and i guess i liked it okay but uh, i never did go see the movie even though vanilla ice was in it wasn't he he was in the sequel oh whoa the secret of the ooze the fact that i know that is embarrassing Um, i wish i could take that back I don't think I've ever seen any of the original two, so it's kind of surprising. But I knew I've heard that they are doing a new movie and they've got a trailer out, but I haven't yeah. seen it. I mean, so. we haven't we have an audience with us right now, so let me ask. We do. Anybody in the audience? Any fans of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Really, Chess? Chess is okay. Wow, that's the whole deal. Is that they have released yeah. a new? They're releasing a new movie. It is not. Uh, it is human 
acting with CGI turtles. Okay, so it's not all CGI and it's not humans in latex costumes. Latex, it is the costumes. CGI human blending. Huh. Okay. Okay. Um, here's warning sign number one. Even though Chess in our audience has said <laughs> that the trailer is awesome, warning sign number one produced by Michael Bay. Well, I mean, Let soak in but an action movie with fighting turtles, I could see him doing that. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Would I want him doing Indiana Jones? No. The uh, the lead girl, which remind me again what the character's name is. April. April. I actually do know that. And do you know who's playing April in this rebooted movie? Uh, Kate Beckinsale. Megan Fox. Uh, well, that yeah. works because she's the Transformer girl. Isn't she, she is the Transformer okay. girl. Yeah, yeah well, with Michael Pett. Yeah, so of course. So right. is Shia LaBeouf going to be in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I don't know. He may be. Maybe he's Shredder. Is that Shredder? Shredder's the bad guy? Is that he has a mask on the whole time. Actually, I know who it is. It's, a, it's a William Fincher uh, is Shredder, hmm. who was the bad guy in The Lone Ranger. He's been in a bunch of movies. He was in Go. He was yeah, 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 a lot of yeah, other yeah. stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what. The turtles, the faces of the turtles, they creep me out. Chess, really? are you with me on this? I mean, they look—they looked weird. <laughs> I thought they looked better than the 1993. Chess is saying they look better than the 1993 movie, but of course that was just guys in a big rubber suit, right? right. So I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot to look better. But they were just—they're <laughs> creepy looking. I'm just going to tell because you because they looked realistic, or because almost they... a little too realistic. Huh? Yeah. I have a turtle. I, we have a pet turtle at our house. Is he a ninja? No, he's not. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think he's a teenager because he's been around a long time. Um, <laughs> right. I've seen a turtle's face pretty close up. I don't know if this looked like a, what I would – I guess it is a mutant turtle, though, so there it could go. be anything goes. Any other Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans? Okay. Lee? Yeah, we you? need to bring Vanilla Ice back. Though. <laughs> Lee is saying that we need to bring Vanilla Ice back or the equivalent of Vanilla Ice in today's society. I don't know who that would be. Which, who would that be? I don't know. I have to really think through that and see. Michael. Oh, somebody saying Macklemore back there. Yes, I don't know. Yes, I you guys are you guys are way too into the MTV. <laughs> I don't know these pop culture references. So there you go. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, and uh, I'm holding a, getting a sign from the audience. Thank you. I love having an audience here. Warning sign number three. Uh, the the film is also being co-produced by Nickelodeon Studios. Ah, uh, well. So Nickelodeon plus Michael Bay plus Megan Fox. Plus creepy turtle faces. Which makes you wonder what it's going to be rated. Oh, it'll be PG. Or PG-13. Michael Bay doing yeah. a PG movie. That'd yeah, be interesting. It, uh, could be. But Nickelodeon makes you think it would be. Huh. Could interesting. Be. Yep. So anyway, we got an interesting little thing going on there with that, that particular movie. So I wanted to throw that out there. That was two franchises from our youth that are coming back in some way, shape, or form. Fair like enough. all of them do. And <laughs> when are we getting a never-ending story reboot? It's sure, sure they can't be far. It has to be. I mean, they made two movies back in the eighties. It's that's like, that's the minimum requirement. If you made two movies of a franchise, it has to be rebooted here in the two thousands. And I want like David Gordon Green doing it. (laughs) That would be awesome. Someone else. David Gordon Green, I think would be who I want. (laughs) That's all I've got for news other than Chris. Oh, we have Uh, one more news. Do we really, do we have to bring this up? What is it? Alan, yes, you did not win the Oscar challenge. I did not. I lost. And did you go see Ride Along? No. Okay. Now, careful, because I think there is a provision in the contest rules that if you don't see it within two weeks of this recording, you also have to take in Tyler Perry's The Single Moms Club, which has a 17% Rotten Tomatoes rating. Just as a backup. As a a warning. As a warning. I'm just throwing that out there. I just so everybody knows what we're talking about. Since I did lose the Oscar pool, the the bet we had is that I would go see 
the worst rated on Rotten Tomatoes film that was still out in the theaters and have to go see it. And that turned out to be the film Ride Along, which mm-hmm. I have not seen yet. <laughs> I know I have to go see it. Now you're up in the ante and saying, if I don't go see it this coming week, I have to see two low-rated Rotten Tomatoes movies. Yes, and report back to us with how wonderful they were so we can prove okay, that you fine, did actually see them. fine, fine, I will go this weekend. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's wrap up the show, Chris, with our online picks real quick. I think we both have a pick of a film that we want to recommend that uh, everybody ought to check out. Chris, what is yours? I'm going to recommend the Disney movie from 2000, The Emperor's New Groove. It's uh, available streaming on Netflix. Yes. And animation-wise, yes, this is nothing spectacular. The animation is actually not that great. It kind of, in a way, pays homage to like old Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah, it's more cartoonish and all. It doesn't have like a lot of fancy 3D animation stuff. Right. But what I really appreciate about it is the humor and the jokes. David Spade is in it. He plays the emperor. He's awesome. And Patrick Warburton, who was like Putty in Seinfeld or whatever, he's in this movie and plays a henchman. And he is really, really funny. So um, it's, you know, short 78 minutes. It's a family movie. Obviously, it's Disney rated G. But um, I really enjoy it and would highly recommend it. Very cool. Um, yeah, I have seen that several times. I actually think it's hilarious. It's one of those where you go to watch the movie not because it's a Disney spectacle and beautiful animation. You watch it because it's just funny. Funny. And it's one of the few last funny things I remember David Spade doing as well. So <laughs> that's true. Uh, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> Sad but true. Um, I'm going to mention a movie, and I know it's, it was a foot candle film that we showed many, many years ago. Okay. But only because... This director just has another film coming out either now or soon or just recently. I don't really remember. Uh, Scott Cooper, who directed his first film, was the film Crazy Heart. Okay. Uh, Jeff Bridges. I think Jeff Bridges is just the man. And, uh, yeah, I just think anything he touches, even if the movie's horrible, I will still watch Jeff Bridges act in it. He's the dude. He is the dude. And Crazy Heart, was it wasn't like a comeback because he'd still been in a lot of movies up to that point. I think it was the first one that really reminded everybody – He's a good actor. Right. Because it really is. Uh, he plays a kind of down the beaten path performer, you know, country western kind of uh, performer. And he's now just in a very low point in his life. He's just kind of going from bar to bar performing. And he basically gets reconnected, uh, I guess, with a young woman who's a reporter trying to do a story on him. Yeah. It's been a little while since I've seen this film, but it's just one of those as I look back and try to think about films that maybe didn't get quite the attention. He did get an Oscar nomination for Best Actor, and I think he won that I year. I think you're right. But it's still one of those things where everybody remembers the performance, but they don't remember the fact that it's actually a pretty good film. I actually enjoyed it. I know we showed it at Foot Candle many years ago, I think during our second year as a film society. That's right. And it had a good response from our, our audience. People really connected with it. Great music. T-Bone Burnett, I believe, was the executive mm-hmm. producer of the music. Just a really good soundtrack to it. So. That's my pick, and that's one I know you can find in multiple places. Do you know the well. name of the project that he has that's coming out? That's the. Uh, it's like uh, something about the boiler or something. No, uh, was it the Christian Bale out of the, the furnace? F- yeah, and that's come out. That yeah. has come out. So I don't think it made too much of a splash, but right. uh, Christian Bale and uh, I forget who else is in that movie, but Wesley or what's it? Woody Harrelson. <laughs> oh right, right, right. Yeah, which reminds me, have you uh, House of Cards? Yes, you watched it. I watched it. Please watch it. You watched second season two? I've seen seen both seasons, season one and season two. All right, Chris. I've seen season one and I'm on like 
episode six of season two. Okay, so you're halfway through season two. Yes. Is Woody Harrelson in it? No, he's not. Dang. What made me start thinking about it is True Detective is kind of the next show I've got on my list to watch, which is Woody Harrelson and all. I've got that queued up, ready to watch at home. I wanted to get through House of Cards first. That made me think about that and ask you about that. Now, what's what's is that on Hulu? Uh, It's HBO. Oh, HBO. Um, I don't have HBO, but. I know a good friend of mine who does. I see. I need to apparently make friends with this friend so that maybe I can also. Yes. You have friends this. with HBO, then you may have HBO. So, <laughs> um, And True Detective <laughs> is supposed to be really good. So I'm just anxious to see is it. it. I've heard too that maybe you can confirm this even though you haven't seen the show. That next season, it's they're, it's been renewed, but they're going to kind of do what uh, was that American Horror Story does where they take a new cast and they tell a different story. Yes. That so is it's the not case. Be That's Woody why Harrelson. I understand. Okay. That's why I understand. <laughs> so I'm anxious to see that. Okay, so let's wrap up the show. We did our reviews of Muppets Most Wanted. We did a review of Grand Piano and both movies. Positive reviews from us. I'm probably a little more positive on both of them than you were. I, I liked so. Muppets Most Wanted. Maybe even a little bit better than the last Muppets movie. You thought a little below, but right. still enjoyable. I think. Yeah, minor Muppets, minor Hitchcock is how I would sign up. uh, And you also thought Grand Piano was okay. I thought it was pretty good. So that's kind of our rating scale. Okay, (laughs) pretty good, great. So neither of us are saying Grand Piano is a great movie, but uh, definitely fun time at the movies to check out if you're interested in some thrillers. And then we did our news. We talked about Indiana Jones. We talked about Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then we kept up our recommendations with Emperor's New Groove and, and Crazy Heart. obligation to go see Ride Along. And my obligation to see Ride Along, which I will have done by the next time we record. Awesome. Yep. So with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening to Foot Candle Films. Thanks to our audience. We have an audience behind us. You guys intimidated us a little bit. So. Disclaimer, they're here to record another show. So oh, like breathing Chris, down our necks. Oh. <laughs> Chris, you ruined the illusion. I did. I, did. <laughs> I had everybody in the audience. I had all of our listeners thinking there was like 100 people. Stu- yeah. Sitting, you're right. The roar of the audience in the background. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for coming out That'd and watching awesome. our show. Oh, well. Yeah, it's just guys here for the next show. Uh, but with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or any other place where a good quality podcast are found. And uh, subscribe so you can get all the future episodes from us as well. And uh, send us some feedback. Give us some star ratings or comments on iTunes or drop us a line at info at themesh.tv and let us know how we're doing. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you next time. See you in the ticket line. Special thanks to Carpal Toller for the show theme music. For more about Carpal Taller, visit www.carpaltaller.com. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv discover other network shows, and give us feedback on what you just heard.